Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is January the 26th, 2024. It's been 3,652 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 337 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at events that happened yesterday. During the podcast you will find the Russia-Ukraine war map helpful to visualize the areas discussed. There is a link in the podcast description. The Russia-Ukraine war report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine Morning Reports, Operational Commands North, South and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian male bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. There are only small changes from yesterday, so if you skip ahead, it won't hurt my feelings, because I won't even know. 1. We maintain that unless the United States Senate creates a standalone Ukraine aid bill, additional US military and financial assistance to Ukraine in 2024 is extremely unlikely. 2. We maintain that the actions of Congress are now damaging the U.S. global standing as a trusted ally of democratic states and will result in increased kinetic and hybrid warfare executed by Russia and its so-called axis of resistance of Belarus, North Korea, Iran and their proxies. 3. The armed forces of Ukraine are facing critical ammunition shortages, particularly air defense missiles and artillery rounds that are directly impacting the ability to continue active defense operations along the entire line of conflict. 4. Despite Ukraine's declining combat potential, which is a direct result of blocked aid from the US and delayed aid from the European Union, we assess the use of active defense has resulted in marginal and tactical gains in several areas of operation over the past week. 5. We assess that Ukraine's decision to build a 1,000-kilometer-long static echelon defense is strategically sound. 6. We have high confidence that Ukrainian prisoners of war were not on a Russian Il-76 transport plane that was shot down 60 kilometers east-northeast of Belgorod, Russia. This is the last day of this entry. 7. Russian forces have established an operational objective to capture Chasiv Yar west of Bakhmut. 8. Russian commanders have put mission objectives over all other considerations and are committed to capturing the Avdiivka salient regardless of the cost. 9. We maintain that combat that closely resembles World War I trench warfare versus 21st century combined arms maneuver warfare will continue through meteorological winter, which ends on February 29. 10. We maintain that Russia's ongoing political purge is accelerating and the Putin regime is accelerating its transition into a fascist state, and further assess that in the medium and long term this shift will endanger global security and stability. 11. While the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat should be taken seriously. 
We are very troubled by the latest report from the International Atomic Energy Agency and the lack of international attention. We begin in Kharkiv Oblast in the Kupiansk area of operation, or AO. Mutual fighting was reported north and west of Sinkivka, with a geolocated video showing Russian light infantry suffering heavy losses and retreating to previously established positions. You can watch the video by becoming a patron and gaining access to our daily situation reports. There's more information in the podcast description. In the Svatovyeo of Luhansk Oblast, Russian forces probed Ukrainian defenses east of Stelmachivka and learned the hard way they remain very effective. In the Kremenayo, mutual fighting continued in the area of Makivka, with no change in the situation. West of Kremina, the Russian Ministry of Defense, or ARMOD, claimed Ukrainian forces continued offensive operations east of Yampolivka. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that two Russian attacks in the direction of Torske were repulsed. Southwest of Kremina, ARMOD reported that Ukrainian forces were on the offensive in the area of Dubrova. In areas where positional fighting has continued non-stop since October 2023, The landscape looks more like 1914 than 2024. We also link to this video. Next, let's talk about the Donbass. In northeastern Donetsk in the Bakhmutio, Ukrainian forces have stabilized their defensive lines on the northwestern flank from the edge of Bakhmut to Chromova to Bogdanivka, where fighting continues. The situation is more difficult east of Ivanivska but Ukrainian forces continue to hold their existing positions. In the Klishivka AO, mutual fighting was reported northwest of Klishivka and east of Andreevka, with no change in the situation. In southwestern Donetsk, Ukrainian defensive lines remain stable in the Avdivka AO. On the northern flank, Russian forces continued their attempts to advance along the railroad grade southeast of Novobakhmutivka. Another Russian attempt to advance in the area of Stepove ended in catastrophic losses and a retreat to their defensive positions near the railroad grade. Russian mercenary Melblogger Wogonzo reported fighting in the area of Avdivka coke plant with a claimed Russian advance without evidence. Russian aerospace forces pounded Avdivka overnight, dropping 80 bombs on the settlement, with one friendly fire incident on Russian troops in Kamyanka. A video released today showed how, after Russian forces occupied Tsarskohota and fanned out, Ukrainian tanks were able to operate with impunity, firing at point-blank range at Russian troops. Russian forces withdrew from Tsarskohota on January 20. The remaining forces are cut off because Ukrainian troops control the T-505 highway ground line of communication, or G-Log, which is a supply line and control both sides of the alternate road from Spartak. The map was updated. Major Maxim Morozov, an officer with the Ministry of Internal Affairs of Ukraine, said that Russia has accumulated a reserve of up to 40,000 troops, including Storm Z and Storm V penal units. In our assessment, this is highly likely due to the massive losses Russia has suffered since October 6 and the Kremlin setting the capture of Avdiivka as a political objective. Russian troops continued their attempts to advance in the direction of Pervomaiske and Nevelske without success. In the Marinka AO, fighting continued east of Georgievka and on the southern edge of Marinka in the direction of Pobeda, with no change in the situation. 
In the Vuhledaryov, the number and intensity of Russian attacks east and south of Novomikhailovka have decreased, but fighting continues. Russian forces shifted their attacks further south, attempting to advance in the direction of Vodyane from Solotka. That's a different Vodyane from the one near Avdivka. In the Staromlinivkaeyo, Russian troops continued their attempts to advance north of Novodonetske and west of Staromayorske without success. In occupied Ilovaisk, information about a training event at the Sudoplato first-person video training center was leaked into the public domain. Drones observed Russian troops arriving and directed rockets fired by HIMARS onto the compound. Russian sources reported between 20 to 24 soldiers were killed. In Zaporizhia, fighting somewhat intensified in the Orikhivyo. Northwest of Verbove, Ukrainian forces made a small but tactically significant advance. The map was updated. Fighting continued west and southeast of Robotene, with no change in the situation. In occupied Berdyansk, an explosion was reported near the train station. International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA, General Director Rafael Grossi addressed the United Nations Security Council about the status of nuclear power in Ukraine, with a focus on the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, ZNPP. He called the safety and security situation at ZNPP, quote, extremely fragile, and warned that, quote, potential dangers of a major nuclear accident remain very real, unquote. Grossi warned that issues with the cooling water supply, external power, adequate staff, undertrained workers, Rosatom refusing access to parts of the plant, deferred maintenance, nearby fighting, and Russian cruise missiles flying over and in the area of ZNPP are putting Ukraine and Europe in danger. He also expressed concern about the treatment of workers, saying, quote, the plant has been operating on significantly reduced staff who are under unprecedented psychological pressure, which, despite the reactors being shut down, is not sustainable. Unquote. In the Khersonayo, fighting continued in Krynke and the forests to the south, with Ukrainian forces repelling six attacks. A Ukrainian drone attacked Russian positions in the south-central part of the village, and based on open-source intelligence, we made a small change to the map to reflect that the area is under Russian control. A short video emerged showing that Russia lost another TOS-1A multiple launch rocket system near Krynke, the fifth one since November the 17th. It looks like Godzilla had been chewing on it, and due to the limited range of the TOS-1, they are extremely vulnerable to drone strikes. In occupied Novakohovka, a geolocated video shows that Russian troops are using a hospital as a military base. A Ukrainian drone made a precision strike on a military truck in the compound. Here's what we know about the situation in the Black Sea, occupied Crimea, Mykolaiv and Odessa. In occupied Crimea, the Project 775 large landing ship that arrived on January the 24th has been identified as the previously damaged Alenigorsky Garnyak. On the 4th of August, the ship was hit by at least one Mach 5 Sea Baby on Groot surface vessel and was towed to the Russian port of Novorossiysk. The ship was grounded to prevent it from sinking and then transferred to a dry dock. 
the Alenigorsky Garnyak arrived under its own power and has likely been transferred to Sevastopol for continued repairs. The legitimate governor of occupied Crimea, Gauleiter Sergei Aksyonov, announced that the border between Crimea and Kherson will be under a special protocol that will mirror international land border crossings into Russia. The tightened security was announced despite Russia's illegal annexation of occupied Kherson, which Russia claims is part of Russia. But apparently it's not the same part of Russia as they claim Crimea is part of Russia. It's not the real Russia, but it is the real Russia, according to Russia. Just make sure you have a passport and be ready to wait at customs if you leave Russia, sorry, occupied Kherson, to go to Russia, I mean occupied Crimea, or is it the other way? You'll then need to go through customs again if you want to leave occupied Crimea and go to Russia. That's the original Russia in Krasnodar Krai, which was also once part of Ukraine. Here is the update for the Russian front. In the Krasnodar Krai region, we have a correction from yesterday. Two Ukrainian drones did hit the Rosneft oil refinery in Tuapse, but we misidentified the atmospheric and vacuum distillation processor units as the hydrocracker. We thank you for your understanding, as we cut through the fog of war. The Security Service of Ukraine reported that the atmospheric and vacuum distillation processes were destroyed in the attack. We have an update about the Il-76 military transport that was shot down on January the 24th. Armad released a drone video of the crash site, which showed a gash in the ground and very little wreckage. There were no markers to show where investigators found human remains. Video from the ground showed no significant evidence of footprints, despite only a thin layer of snow, indicating there has been no attempt at a thorough grid search. This is highly unusual at a complex crash site and given Russia's accusations of a Ukrainian war crime. Shortly after the January 24 crash, soldiers with the Ministry of Defense ejected rescuers and other officials with the local and regional Ministry of Internal Affairs. Russian investigators claimed the flight data recorders had been recovered. Ukrainian intelligence reported that the Il-76 was supposed to fly Russian military officers and other, quote, political VIPs. But at the last moment, the Federal Security Service of Russia forbade the passengers from boarding. It was reported only five bodies had been brought to the local morgue. Ukrainian Parliament Commissioner for Human Rights Dmitro Lubinets confirmed the reporting of Astra, Baza, the ISW and our team that the list of claimed POWs on the aircraft included, quote, citizens of Ukraine who were exchanged earlier. Lubinets added that who was on the plane has yet to be determined and all options were being considered. Quote, Based on the information I have, I can't definitively conclude that there were indeed prisoners of war on board from analyzing photos and videos we've seen posted online. Well, I'm no expert, but if the Russians had any photos or videos showing our prisoners of war, they would have used them by now. We haven't seen any signs that there were a large number of people, citizens of Ukraine or otherwise, on the plane." Unquote. During a meeting of the United Nations Security Council, the Deputy Permanent Representative of Russia to the UN, Dmitry Polansky, rejected demands and offers for an independent investigation. 
Polanski cited the investigation of the shutdown of Malaysian Airlines Flight 17 over eastern Ukraine by Russian troops in 2014 as the reason for Moscow's rejection. He further denied Russian involvement in the 2014 incident that killed 298. Polanski also walked up Moscow's earlier claims of having absolute knowledge that the Il-76 was shot down by the Patriot or IRST air defense system when he said, quote, If it is confirmed that the Il-76 was shot down with the help of Patriot or IRIS, Western countries will be direct accomplices in the crime, unquote. At the Kremlin, Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov reiterated that Moscow would not permit an independent investigation into the crash. UN Deputy Secretary-General Rosemary De Carlo said that the UN is unable to verify information about what caused the crash of the Russian plane. In our ongoing investigation into Iranian Shahid-136 technicians and instructors being on the aircraft, we have verified eight of approximately 60 names given to us as members of the IRGC Aerospace Forces. We are working through the rest of the list, and it is a slow process. The next step will be to trace their location and previous travel history to Russia. Here is my theater-wide update. Russia only used two Shahid-136 one-way drones and a KH-59 air-to-ground guided missile. The missile was shot down in the Mukulayev region. The Ministry of Internal Affairs changed its policy and will allow pets to accompany their owners into all bomb shelters. Quote, the main thing is not to leave them alone. The animal must always be next to the owner. Unquote. Additional measures need to be taken for dangerous and aggressive dog breeds. President of Turkey Recep Tayyip Erdogan completed the ratification of Sweden's accession to NATO. Hungary is the last nation to approve membership, and the Hungarian parliament is in recess through February 15. Prime Minister Viktor Orban said he has requested to make the vote a high priority. Swedish Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson accepted Orban's invitation to meet, but added that he may not be able to travel to Budapest. Ukraine announced it would start construction of four new nuclear reactors at the Khmelnytsky nuclear power plant to add new electrical generation capacity. Two will be based on Russian-made components, and two will use Western technologies. Russian-owned news agency Bloomberg reported that Russian President Vladimir Putin was sending signals to the United States that he was open to discussing a peace agreement that keeps the current government in Kyiv in place and accepts Ukraine's NATO membership. However, Moscow would require keeping the occupied territories. If you believe this is true, WBHG News would love to talk to you about oceanfront property opportunities in Arizona. We could send you an NFT of your new property by leaving a large sack of money at the Kyiv Railroad Station women's bathroom behind the third toilet on the left. Ukrainian law enforcement recovered over 35 million euros in funds from a bad December 2022 contract to buy ammunition at an inflated price. The ammunition was never delivered and officials were able to cancel the agreement. Ukraine revealed it was field-testing autonomous one-way drones that use artificial intelligence for target selection. A brief video showed how the drone works. It is unclear if the testing is only for intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance, or if the drones have been used for attacks. 
Ukraine also published a video showing an operation using an uncrewed ground drone loaded with a 55kg specialized charge. The drone traversed 4 kilometers of mixed terrain before reaching a small bridge in the occupied territory and blew it up. France delivered two M270A1 LRU multiple launch rocket systems to Ukraine. The M270 is a larger version of the M142 HIMARS. It is on a tracked vehicle platform and can fire up to 12 standard or guided rockets instead of six. The United Kingdom and Sweden have joined Latvia's coalition of drones, with the UK becoming a co-chair. On Thursday, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell reportedly told senators in a closed-door meeting that he still supports a border security deal tied to funding for Ukraine. Senator Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told reporters, quote, Right now, Senate negotiators from both sides are working hard to approve another round of aid to Ukraine by finalizing our additional national security package. Every day we are getting closer, but there are still issues that need to be addressed. But one thing is for sure, we are going to keep doing it. Unquote. The command of the Estonian Defense Forces, Martin Haram, warned that the NATO alliance has significantly underestimated Russia's military-industrial complex and that there needs to be a reassessment of military plans. Quote, Many thought that they could not go beyond this. Today, the facts tell us otherwise. They can produce even more, many times more, ammunition. Unquote. And that's what we know. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. I look forward to you joining me on Monday, and I hope you have a safe and pleasant weekend. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers, and analysts is funded by readers, listeners, and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at Malcontent News.